And I'm going to speak with Daniel Silva. Think fiction, think thrillers, international heists, spies. His central character is Gabriel Allon. Daniel Silva's been called the world's finest writer of international spy stories. He's always on the bestseller list. The cellist, the order, the heist, portrait of an unknown woman. His wife and great editor is journalist Jamie Gangel. Okay, first, how, where, how does such an idea begin? <laughs> um, I, I think that for the most part, my books start as a, I'd like to write a book about this. And I build them um, rather like um, the way paintings are built, sort of one brush stroke at a time, one layer at a time. Um, and then I, what I try to do is I try to get writing as quickly as possible. So if I can see about a, a quarter to a third of the novel, uh, then I, I try to get going. Because I've, I've always found it difficult to, to, to bring a book to life on, on note cards or, or a legal pad or something like that. I need to um, – I, I write my books – I'm not joking. I write them sentence by sentence. Each – each sentence informs the next sentence. Each scene in, informs the next scene. I, I uh, surprise myself constantly, and I want to leave myself room to surprise myself and room to change course. Um, and, and that certainly um, happened with the book I was working on uh, this year that's coming out in, in, a, in a few weeks in July. Um, so that's why I – And that I, is? I've never, what, I've never really been able to book? outline a book. That one is going to be – that's Portrait of an Unknown Woman, um, and it is a story that's inspired by um, the terrible forgery scandals that have, have rocked the art world in the last 20 years. Of course, we had a big one in New York, yeah. the Nodler yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. scandal that, that um, um, uh, there's a fantastic documentary on Netflix about. Um, and in this novel, um, Gabriel, the, Gabriel's career as, as – and, and active intelligence officer and chief of Israeli intelligence ended in the last novel. Um, this novel finds him settled in Venice with his wife and children, and he um, goes undercover, as it were, to to, um, to help the French police um, find an art forger and an art forgery ring. Um, and, it's, and it's great fun. You've written about Catholicism, the Holy See, Judaism, Muslims, yeah. anti-Semitism, art forgery. Okay, yeah. I understand how you do it. I, I mean, I understand that you can do it. How do you collect such information? I know you sent the order to Cardinal Dolan, who always reads you, because he told no. me. So you, how do you get you this stuff? The order. Yes. You sent the order. You sent the order. To well, who, you Cardinal had Dolan. sent it also, but mine, <laughs> mine is the one he read. <laughs> okay. How do you well, collect such information? I wish I could take a, a photograph for your listeners of my of my my primary office. I mean, it has a small collection part, portion of my library. I'm a, I'm a a, a, a hoarder. Read constantly. I am a reporter at heart, and I'm, I'm reading and researching constantly. I do all my own research, um, and. You know, so what I often will, you know, pick a subject that um, I know enough about, but I want to know more about. And, and that way I'm sort of a, a selfish writer and that I like to 
to use a book as an excuse to sort of master some some, uh, some subject matter and some material. Um, and I think, you know, along the way, I've, I've collected, you know, three or four, you know, informal PhDs, given the amount of research and writing that I've done on, on, on various topics. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great privilege to, to, that to, you know, to spend one's life reading, uh, the reading life. And is, is, I feel very lucky uh, that I have, um, you know, I fell into something that allows me to in, indulge my, my passions for uh, Okay, I know you art. have written about, I know you have written about Eastern Europe, about yeah. Russians and Ukrainians. Yeah. Why them at that time? And tell us about it. We can't get enough of interest in it. Tell us. Well, I, look, I anyone who's familiar with my work on on Russia, I, I think it's fair to say that that I was way ahead of the curve on, on Putin and Putinism and what it represented and how disruptive it was going to be to the West. Um, and and as 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 negative an opinion I had of, of Putin, and I, I feared that something was coming. I, I have to say, I, I, I could never imagine that he would, um, and I'm, I'm not using this word lightly. I mean, this is ethnic cleansing bordering on genocide, what's happening in eastern Ukraine right yes, now. Yes, 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 and, yes. And, and, and to yes. think that we're in the, the 22nd year of the 21st century, and seeing this kind of barbarism on this scale, and the, you know, all of the predictions now are, are settling in for a, a protracted conflict, where these um, two two sides are going to be going at each other militarily and, and um, for for months, if not years, to come. And, and to think that you know a, a portion of a country and the people are going to be wiped out, um, it's just, it's unimaginable. But, I, but, you but know, what the, did you find out the, about them? What did you find out about them that you knew that we don't? Um, I found out about him. I mean, very early. Um, um, I had just had a clear idea of, of what he represented. Um, and this is long before our government came to accept it. But it, but it was, it was, in my opinion, it, Putinism is just fascism. Um, yes, and yes, and yes, in, yes. in any it, it, it all fascist governments at some point um, um, get into a conflict. That's just the way history has 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 gone. Um, and it was just inevitable that that we were going to come to some. There, there were just too many authoritarian fascist governments in the world at one time, in my opinion, and I wrote about this in one of my novels, that it was, it was, it was naive to think that we were going to um, get through this, this first half of this century without a major conflict. Um, it was like and, Nazi and, and, Germany. And, and, he was the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and, and it is, if, if you listen to the language that he was using, the excuses that he used to invade Ukraine, you know, protecting Russian um, uh, citizens or ethnic Russians. I mean, that is straight out of the Sudetenland and, and, the, and the Czechoslovakia crisis of 1938. It's, it's, just, it's just shocking how similar it is. Um, and, and, you know, a, 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 a provocation. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but the invasion with Poland 
started with a provocation uh, that the Nazis staged. Um, this is just straight out of Hitler's playbook. And, and I, I, I'm afraid that what we are witnessing is the beginning of a sort of the rearrangement of, 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 the, of the global order into a, you know, sort of a handful of, of um, kind of ethnic religious blocks. I think that's where we're headed. And, and he sees himself as the leader of the Russian Orthodox Slavic bloc. I know, um, I know, and, and, I know. And, and, he, and he's going to try to get them, all these countries, under his thumb. When you're sitting down to write these yes. major books, which are heavy and which are yeah. very wise and go into a great deal of small, infinite knowledge, what yeah. is your schedule? What do you do? How long can you sit at a typewriter or a computer? Um, you know, the, I think it's something that I've, I've talked about with my wife as I've gotten older. Um, <laughs> I can actually work longer now. And I, say I have fewer things that, um, you know, vie, vie for my time. So I, I'm right now as I'm, I'm um, um, I am on deadline, believe it or not, um, and, and I'm, I'm trying to get to my second draft of my novel submitted. I mean, I, I work eight to ten hours a day when I need to, um, and I can do twelve when, I, when I'm under the gun. Um, do you do you wear certain clothes? Do you eat certain foods? Do you have certain <laughs> I, hours? I wear, Everybody I is wear a little bit nuts clothes. when they're writing like this. I, I wear this. Uh, I wear the, a variation of the same <laughs> every day. Yes, and I eat the same food every day while I'm writing. Um, the, the <laughs> one thing I, I sort of dropped little clues about. If you look at Gabriel's work habits, you know he's very very persnickety about his workspace and people not touching his things and. And that, um, and and that's that 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 describes me to a T. And also, you know, I, I don't eat a lot when I'm working. To be honest with you, I sort of snack and nibble, um, but I, I find it impossible to sort of eat a big meal and then continue writing. Um, Mickey Spillane uh, used to work in a dark room. He needed yeah. only one small lamp on. Robin Moore yeah. used to work with a ceaseless paper. In other words, it was overhead like an awning and it kept uh -huh. the paper kept circulating like it like it was a, a, a rotunda. Uh, yeah. They all they all have, pardon the expression, wacko ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you know, yeah. I, I, I have light. <laughs> I need a little bit of light. The one, the one thing that I've always struggled with and, uh, and I'm not ashamed to admit, but noise, you know, um, and if you ever watch the the movie, you know how I shot my neighbor's dog. I mean, I get I get really upset noise, and that's that's the one thing that I've always struggled with through my career. But no, I don't work in a dark room. I like I like to have a little bit of light. And my office is very very neat. It's not like your office. Um, I Excuse mean, my, my, me. Oh, <laughs> I well, you you have a lot of keepsakes and 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 cherished items in your my my. I don't have that. I have my my. Desk space is really, really neat and tidy, um, and and not a lot of eye clutter. Good. Um, Maybe you can come and work for me two days a week. So <laughs> you got it. You got it. Do you ever? Do you ever go dry? Ever? No, no. I, I think that um, I think that um, most professional writers would would say that, and I think that people have a um, misconception about writer's block. I think that. 
that writer's block is that, you know, a more accurate description of it is that, you know, you're sort of writing all the time and you, you just don't really like what you're writing. Um, <laughs> I thought that, I thought that the, um, the Wonder Boys, the wonderful film with uh, Michael Douglas, um, based on the Michael Chabon novels, a very accurate depiction of what writer's block really is. He's writing that like a 2000 page single space novel, but he's blocked. Um, and he can't finish it. I think that's that's a. Is there any um, fraternity between you and Grisham and Baldacci, Patterson, Coben, Churro, uh, what? Um, you know, I have some. Fr um, uh, most of my writer friends are actually nonfiction writers because of of, of our connection to to journalism, like yours. Um, so I actually really know a, a, a small group of. of of, of fiction writers, but most of my people, are, my friends, my close friends are all writing nonfiction. Okay, I'm talking to Daniel Silva, and I'm going to ask a lousy question. Did you ever, ever, sure. ever, ever get anything wrong? Sure. I mean, little oh. things, little things. Yeah, it's very annoying when I make a mistake. <laughs> um, and then I, I um, it just drives me crazy uh, because I've, um, even, even typos, I mean, um, you know, Jamie helps me line edit. We read the book aloud two or three times um, to, to make sure we catch everything and that there's sort of no false notes in it. And then I, I actually hire two private editors, uh, copy editors, to make sure we catch everything. And every time there's a typo or a little bit of mis mistake I made, I really, I really get down about it because I, I invest a lot of time trying to get it right. Daniel, do you read others' books? The other you know, guys? I read... I, I read mainly um, it's the great dead as, as what I, um, how I refer to them. So that the people that I t take my inspiration from, I guard my voice very, very jealously and carefully. Um, and so I, I actually do not read um, a ton of, of contemporary fiction. When I do, um, I really read literary fiction, um, and I've said this before. I'm, I'm sort of a literary novelist masquerading as a as a as a thriller writer, um, commercial novelist. I, 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 when I when I have a chance to read, I, I try to read um, something um, that's that's more literary. Okay, here's one question. Tell me, what about when it comes uh, becomes a movie? How do you feel when it becomes a movie? Do they trash it a little? Do they change it a little? <laughs> I've I've not been able to get one to completion. I've tried. Um, I guess I've had about three or four movie deals, one television deal, and for for one reason or another, um, just haven't been able to get it across the finish line. So right now, uh, I actually control. The, the film and television rights uh, for the Gabriel Alon series, and nothing is is under. I mean, I have some offers on the table. I have some people who who want to do it, but right now, nothing is under development, and I control the rights. I thank you because I know you schlepped out of your cave just long enough to speak with me, and you're going back again. When do I get I'm your new book? When do I get the new book? Um, have some galleys to you. Um, gosh, my schedule late. I should have some by late May, early June, at least. I look forward to it. Thank you, thank you, okay. thank you for coming okay. on, and thank I love you your for books. Thank you having me. What a treat. What a treat. Thank you so thank much Thank you, for sweetheart. Me. Call me when you're okay. coming here. Okay. Okay. Bye, honey.
Take care. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.